welcome to episode 21. We are going to try recording again with our friends from the Paranormal Seekers. So we are doing a Skype call. So you should probably hear some feedback. So please be, you know, mindful of that. So before we go on, I'd just like to let you guys introduce yourself. All right, so I'm Rachel. I'm the founder and lead investigator of the Paranormal Seekers. Allison, we just had to run out for a few seconds. She is our team's researcher and an investigator as well. Amazing. Okay. Now, like I said, last time we did this, so we're hoping to we're uh, hoping that this is going to work. So for those of you who didn't hear our previous episode when we were talking about this, we had recorded this great session. They were wonderful guests. We checked it, we sent it off for editing, and somewhere between us and editing, all of the vocal got deleted somehow. So we are very grateful that you guys are back to give this a second go with us. Thank you. No problem. So, yeah, so before we go, do you guys have like a radio back there? We have two children sitting on a couch behind us. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. I can hear something. I'm like, what is that? Okay. So, you guys heard that Rachel is a founder and the lead investigator of the Paranormal Seekers. And Allison, who's also joined us, is also an investigator and a researcher, correct? Correct. Okay. So, that's great. So, how long have you guys been a team as a Paranormal Seekers? Like, how long ago did you guys come together to create this team? I created this, well, founded and created this team back in 2004. So we've been going for quite a while. How many years is that 15. Now? 15 years, yeah. So I started this in 2004, and throughout the years we've added members. Allison came into the group what, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. I've known them for longer, though. I, as just a person, attended a lot of their public events. So they got to know me and I got to know them. And when an opportunity came up that they were recruiting, I jumped on board and they took me on. Awesome. With that being said, how, like, what was your first place that you investigated as a group? So the first place that the team as a group investigated was Parkwood Estate in Oshawa. And that was back in 2004. Yes, they're very strict there now because I heard there's a lot of people try to do a type of investigations and they really have cut that down and they kind of stopped it. Uh, yeah, so we were the first and we are the only group that have ever been given permission wow. to investigate inside the premise. We were given basically the grand tour, so we were allowed to go from basement to attic, we were allowed to cross the velvet rope, we were allowed to take photos um, and all that kind of stuff upon their approval afterwards Wow! to kind of share it with everyone. Yeah, I would love, like, I've been there for tours, but I've never, that's one place I would love to do an investigation because it's just got so much history. Yeah, they, uh, what they need to do is they need to start promoting that other side of history and they would, they would find that their visitors would increase Mm -hmm. if they, they kind of embrace that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, if you charge people for it, because like, you know, my, I'm one of those people that will definitely pay, you know a good dollar to go into a place like that where you get to do just like in the States where you pay like $60 to do an all night public investigation. Like I think somewhere like that, like Parkwood Estates would make a great dollar too by promoting and doing something like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. So now Rachel yourself, how did you, you know, start, Paranormal Secrets, did you have an experience in yourself with yourself that basically guided you to create the Paranormal Seekers? Well, growing up, I always was interested in ghosts and spirits and the paranormal. 
And, you know, it just kind of stuck with me throughout my entire life. It was said that my grandma's house was haunted. Didn't see anything or feel anything, but, you know, it was part of it was part of my upbringing, we'll say. But, uh, but uh, afterwards, sorry, there's a kid bothering me. It's okay. No, it's all good. <laughs> afterwards, when I went to college, in the program I was taking, one of the ladies, I guess, was outed, so to say, as a psychic. Mm-hmm. So I inquired about a photo I had. Um, and told her she wanted to let me know if she'd seen anything interesting in it. And it was from my grandma's house. We got talking. I found out that she lived down the street from me. And we started to hang out. And she was always about going ghost hunting. And she'd never done it before. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Just <laughs> kind of snowballed from there. And here I am 15, later, <laughs> 15 wow. years later. Still doing it. That's amazing. Yeah, I find that, you know kindred spirits like that people are into the paranormal find each other like i like yourself i have always been interested in the paranormal as a kid you know most people go my parents would take us to the library and like you know my brother would take out certain books and i always get books on ghosts like that was one thing like i'd always be fascinated and take a book on ghosts and read as much as i can on ghosts and the paranormal i was just always been fascinated by it and it's always stuck with me it's always resonated with me and so you know finding a friend like beth who was like into it as well and who wanted to create like a cool podcast where we look into historical places in canada has been like gods are like yay my kindred spirit <laughs> yeah god's the same as me like i was i was the same every every ghost book i could find i would get <laughs> and then and then i found allison so <laughs> so just in case my our, our listeners don't hear anything so Rachel and them have children in the back so it's not any little children ghosts so just in case you think you're hearing things there are actual real children they are not ghosts so just a little well, FYI they're, they're demons but you know <laughs> <laughs> hey you're allowed to call them your children I can be that's cute so when you were talking, you mentioned that you, your grandma's house was haunted and finding different people with those kind of experiences. Do you find a lot of people who kind of seek you out have had paranormal experiences as children that they're trying to make sense of or just people who are generally interested in it? Or I think it's just people are generally interested in it. It's something that it's not normal, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like one of those things where people want to know a little more. Mm-hmm. So true. I think a lot of people are too afraid to admit that they believe in it because they're scared of the stigmatization. Like people like, Oh, you're crazy. You believe in spirits. You believe in ghosts or you see ghosts. And that's, you know, a lot of people sometimes are like afraid to admit that. And and that's why if they meet individuals like ourselves, they're like, Oh, I had an experience where they actually feel like it's a open and welcoming community where they can actually open and expressly, you know, can, you know, tell their stories in a safe place. Because I find a lot of places and a lot of people either really are into it or they poo-poo it. Or people say, like, you're crazy for doing that. Do you ever get that? Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Oh, well. You just got to, like, now, is it is it the paranormal stuff they're saying you're crazy or is it going into creepy haunted places? Because that's the part I'm like, hmm. Um, I think it's a combination of both, definitely. I think people fear what they don't understand or they don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, often when we, you know, are interviewing for the team and we're recruiting, you know, one of the first questions is, what do you do? What do you do when you find a demon? Well, so how our team works is we're not going into 
summon the dead. We are being requested to go in because of this history, right? Things are happening and they want to understand why are those lights being turned on and off? Why are these things happening? Why are people seeing a woman standing in this window? So we're going in to assist them to figure out what the story is, why the person is there and how those things are happening. So, you know, there are teams that look for the scary and the dark and the evil that's not typically why we're going to investigate. Mm -hmm. We're going to investigate to put names and faces, if we can, to the bumps and the noises and the things that are happening that people just don't understand. So nine out of 10 times, we're often connecting with people that have passed on 100, 200 years ago, and they're hearing their voice for the first time through our equipment. So it's a really cool experience for the team. And it's a really cool experience for the dead people, as I refer to them. Because I don't know if they're spirits or ghosts and how they refer to themselves. But they were people that were alive and now they're dead. So my personal language that I use is dead people. I can tell you that my mom is completely a non-believer. It's not that she doesn't want to believe. It's that she has never, ever had an experience. Mm-hmm. My um, husband's the same so way. Don't worry. She doesn't, she can't define it, accept it, or understand it, but she's quite fascinated when I tell her, oh, we went here and we connected with Mr. Allison and he gave us permission to investigate again. And they're like, what? How does that happen? Right? So, um, I think sometimes it's mostly that people have things happen and they don't understand it or they can't define it. So they come to us to try and get the answers from us. I just like to call it living impaired, by the way, would make it PC correct. (laughs) They're living impaired. (laughs) Okay. We call it, now we call it afterlife awareness. <laughs> I like that one. You need to put a little dictionary. I know. That's awesome. So you just made me think of something. You were saying sometimes when you investigate, it's a cool experience when you hear the voices and for the living impaired, when they hear their voices as well. Now that you've been doing this for 15 years, do you, I always wonder... Now people who have grown up with technology and video recording, they've started to pass away as well. So do you ever, I always wonder how that plays in. Do you ever get a a living impaired person who's familiar with technology or is that a weird question? I don't know. That's just, have you noticed a difference between older spirits and maybe some more recent spirits? Are there even recent spirits? No, I think that, and, and, and Rachel may have a different answer, I think those that want to talk pick the equipment they like best and come through it. Mm. So my dad absolutely <clears throat> loves the Ovulus 3. He's a computer programmer. He can change it to make all different words that are not programmed into it. That's his choice. I have a client that passed away in November, and he always comes through my ghost box. And it's his voice, and he speaks exactly how he did when he was sick. So I would recognize his voice that way. So he, as I said, passed in November. My dad died. It's coming up to the 15th anniversary of his death. So most of the time they pick the machine that they want and or they can understand how to use. That's been my experience. But we did connect with the Allison family and they passed on many years ago. Mm -hmm. We also connected with someone who had lived in the 1700s into the 1800s. We've also talked to someone who passed away in the early 2000s. Yeah, so it's... It's more that the the dead people choose the equipment they want to use or that they're most comfortable with to communicate with us. But I certainly don't think younger, older, you know, spirits, those type of things really comes into play. Just as however open we are to the experience, they need to be open to the experience, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's that, for me, that's what I find. Yeah, I would say the same thing. It's basically, if they're going to be scared of it, they're going to be scared of it regardless of how how we approach it yeah (laughs) they are really but if they 
if they want to manipulate the energy and stuff, they're they can do it. And we give them a variety of options. Sometimes people just use our Rampod and we use it, you know, one light for yes and two lights for no. It just all depends how they feel compelled to communicate with us through the variety of options we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys have a favorite type of equipment or favorite piece of tool that you guys love to use? I like the ghost box. I like my PSV7 ghost box because okay. I like to hear voices. Sorry, is that the one that makes that sound? Yeah. <laughs> that terrifies Beth. That terrifies And me. I would say that's probably my favorite too. I do love the Ovulus 3 just because I find I can, when I ask questions, I can get really good answers with that. It's, you know, everybody kind of has a piece of equipment. Like if Rachel hands me her spirit box because she has to go do something, chances are it's quiet until she comes back and takes it. So just as much as we choose our equipment, the equipment seems to choose us as well. But I do love the ghost box as well because we can, or this PSB 11, it's because we can hear the voices, man, woman, child, old, young. And we can identify our loved ones that have crossed over and are coming to communicate with us because we can recognize voices. So for me, I, I'm with Rachel on that. It's just really cool. Okay, now question. Now, you guys have been doing this for so long and you guys have your favorite tools. And you said you've been getting really good responses in terms of it's, I guess it's that, you know, asking kind of like, ask and answer kind of responses you guys get right away. Or does it take a while sometimes? It all depends. It really depends on the energy, the people that are around us. You know, someone, say, for instance, that has been coming through to us and is one of our ghost groupies, as we call them, (laughs) will be quicker with their responses because they know how we work. But those, when we're walking, you know, blind into a new investigation and Rachel's done some research and she's filled me in on a bit, Sometimes that takes longer for us to determine whom we're speaking to mm-hmm. and why they're coming through. So it just really is is dependent on the moment, the circumstance, the energy, and who's there. Now, have you ever had an experience where you guys thought you were talking to one individual and it ended to be something a little bit more malevolent? And that likes to manipulate and just like almost mimic something that you know. Have you ever had an experience like that? I heard my voice come back through the box. Do you remember that time? That'd be a slightly unsettling. (laughs) No, I picked up a kind of scary guy that comes through and he sounds quite ugly through the box. I need to send him away. I'm trying to figure out how. I picked him up through a seance that I didn't participate in, but was present at. Apparently he was attracted to my openness. So that I don't like it when he comes through and the last investigation we were on, he chose to come through and and the team got to witness kind of the tone and the fiery, scary, yucky, dark voice he has. And then Rachel told him off and I haven't (laughs) turned my equipment on since to find out if that works. So, you know, for me, I don't like it when, when a new, dark, scary voice comes through. But sometimes that's just them messing with you. And as Rachel said, you know, if they're angry in life, they're going to be angry in death. So yeah. you just be an angry person that's coming to you because I turn my equipment on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you find that if you make contact with one spirit or a person, that they'll follow you to different locations if they get a really good connection with you? Or do they are they kind of set in one area? Yeah, we've had a few that have <laughs> followed us and <laughs> won't leave. But sometimes we find that our, we just call them ghost groupies because it's, if we were to name them all to you, one's a soldier, one's a this, one's a that, two are homicide victims, right? They're just our groupies. 
Often we find they will begin to come through our equipment when we're on an investigation, mm-hmm. almost to teach the new people that are in that location how to use it, and then they back mm-hmm. off. So in the beginning, we might hear Rick, Mike, Nick, names of people that we recognize, and we're like, okay, guys, you know, bag off, take off, let the other people have their turn, <laughs> and literally that's what happens. That's so amazing. We just question if they're not coming to show these new people, like, hey, we're the oldies, we'll show you how to use this equipment. <laughs> that is and then, you know, so they watch us do our stuff, right? Or whether they take off and go to the campgrounds or wherever we are, I don't know. But it can happen. It just depends on where we're going and what we're doing. Are the ghost groupies aware of each other? Like, can we oh go That'd be funny. They're like fighting for like attention. No, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. Um, probably now when we worked at the, at the escape room in the haunted house that, you know, they got sick of us. Like, shut (laughs) up. We don't want to talk to you anymore. Now that that location is closed and we're not there anymore. One time I turned on my spirit box because I knew somebody was trying to get my attention, some rattling here and there. And I was like, can you tell me how many dead people are here? And I heard 10, 18. 30. I'm like, okay, then <laughs> there's 30 dead people here. And then they'll sometimes do roll call for us. So we know they're telling us their name and who they are. Wow. Particularly if we know who they are, there's still a few that we haven't quite figured out the connection. Paul is one who comes through both the ovulus and the spirit box. We're not sure where we picked him up and he's pretty elusive with his answers. So he's here and we don't know why, but he's still here. So we just go with it. I know I'll probably be that dickhead ghost. It's going to just F with everybody. That's going to probably be me. Yeah, yeah there are 13 of us. <laughs> just laugh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it when I heard 30. I was yeah. like, oh my God, that's the most I've ever, ever, ever had come through my So life. it's probably Spirit who just like wants to, you know, play around with you guys. Now that is time. That being said, did you or have you guys had a profound investigation that has stuck to with today, like today, like a place that you've been to that was, you know, either terrifying or emotional or one of those kind of places that you've been to that stuck to you and has stuck with you? Yeah, I would say Lang Pioneer Village up in Keene. Really? Yeah. Could you elaborate um, or scary? Not, not scary, but we went um, and investigated. And we ended up bringing back two guys, Nick and Mike. (laughs) Good thing, bad thing, you never know. We ended up finding out that who they actually were in life and all that. So we were able to find all that out. But when we were there, we were in, oh no, what's the name of the building? Yeah, the Milburn House. The Milburn House. So it's a little, little house right at the front of the grounds. And the Milburns had a son who died they rich. So we were sitting in the master bedroom um, on the upper floor and there was me, Allison, and another investigator at the time. And we were sitting on the floor just doing the what ghost. We do. Yeah, <laughs> what we do. <laughs> a ghost box session. And I looked up and I saw shoulders of a man with blonde hair and like blue eyes. And he was standing in the closet smiling at us. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'm like, there's a guy in the closet. <laughs> And he was just smiling at us, and then he just disappeared. And I was like, okay, cool. I finally think I saw something. Didn't think anything of it after that. Uh, Got some great answers from him, too. Yeah. He told us that he died on Vimy Ridge and told us his last name. Oh, wow. All That's those amazing. things to confirm our information. And then every year we go back at Halloween to Lang Pioneer Village to be a part of their All Hallows' Eve event. And they give us our own little 
you know, Jump to the used house. <laughs> they put the fire in the, you know, oh, that's the stove. Awesome. Rachel brings candy for the kitties, yeah. so we're not as scary. We're doing that this year. <laughs> this year. We have we have our whole group, well, yeah. most of the group most there, the group. so me and Allison decided to take off to We felt compelled. <laughs> yeah, we felt compelled <laughs> to take off the two of us. Good for um, you. So we ended up in the Milburn house, and there Jeez. was... There was nobody in there except for some little, little old lady volunteer, volunteer, and we were asking, we were asking some sort of questions, and she's like, "Well, I have the history of this house in a binder here, but I can't find it." She said and she'd like, been oh. looking all day for the binder and couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, so she walks to the back room and she comes back out with the binder. And she goes, "Oh, look, I found it." <laughs> from that area you said uh, he, his family owned the house so his family owned the house but then he, you said he died of Amy Ridge right yeah. yes yeah. he was he was only oh I think he was early 20s yeah 20 wow and he found his way back to his childhood home yep that's amazing because I always hear that you know when uh, somebody dies traumatic way that they usually get stuck there it's like you know the, uh, a player like a record player it's just it's an endless loop and they're stuck there that's like you know I guess you guys will consider residual hauntings but how when somebody dies somewhere that tragic they usually get stuck in that place but I guess he had such fond memories and he just went back to his homestead like that that's amazing to hear about that that actually gives me like comforts me to yeah, know that it's really amazing for me because we do a lot of amazing stuff but it was that full circle moment because two years ago she had described this man to a T down to like the shape of the face and everything and to see her reaction when we opened up that picture like I knew without a doubt that we had found him right wow. it was just that her reaction because Rachel doesn't often <laughs> react to much right it was it was so clear that that was the man she had seen and for me it was like oh my gosh, so we saw a man, we caught some orbs, we got great answers, and now a couple of years later, the binder that was missing is found, and we can pinpoint that this was the gentleman that was speaking to us. Mm -hmm. So that, for me, like you said, is comforting, but as paranormal investigators, it doesn't get better than that. Like, it just doesn't get better than that, right? Yeah, wow. That's, that, that is so cool. Like, that would be something that, obviously, you'll, you'll take that with you for the rest of your life. Now, have you guys had an experience where it was been terrifying though? Where it's like you're like, I get me out of here. Yeah, is there like a place you'll never go back? Nope. <laughs> wow. Uh no. I don't no. <laughs> Do you I've never had anything that really maybe crap my pants. I've never had that really in all honesty. That's, then you guys need to go check out Iron Island in Buffalo, because that place is crazy do you do you think it's because it's your approach i know some mm -hmm. some people like to go out and kind of you know and i always find it kind of rude but be like oh give me a sign i know you're here whatever whatever but you seem very respectful in that you're not going into kick up stuff but you're going into confirm history yeah, exactly. and bring it back to life yeah and do you think that's a part do. of the reason like i typically when we walk in say we're not here to send you away we're not here to pose you any harm we just want to speak to you find out who you are and bring your stories back to life Tell everybody that you're still here and provide hope, right? I mean, that's at the end of it. All we want to do is provide hope that there is an afterlife, you know? My kids know. 
I'm going to come back and haunt them. Your <laughs> keys are going to go missing. I'm going to pull the blankets off of you at night. And they're like, yeah, it's just my mom. <laughs> so you guys are not pulling a Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures where you're antagonizing the ghost. There, and that's, yeah, that's a personal choice. We do have a member or two that will do that, although we often ask them not to do that. It depends on the location. Mm-hmm. Our team does a lot of historical locations, mm-hmm. so we need to be completely professional and leave that type of antagonistic, demon-summoning attitude <laughs> out of how we do things, right? It's something that I would never do. I would never invite somebody to use my energy or do those things. That's why I use equipment because I don't, you know, you'll never see me touch a Ouija board because I don't want my personal energy and space used to promote them. I think that my openness and ability to have various equipment to speak to them is enough for my comfort level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel loves Ouija boards. <laughs> she I have one that sits out in my house as a <laughs> coffee table centerpiece. <laughs> that is hilarious. I know. There, I know. There's so many different theories, and, and a lot of people either love Ouija boards as a form of communication, and some people just stick away from them because they just feel like a portal to demons. But I truly believe it's just all about attentions. If you're gonna go put, it's like when you walk in, out into the world, right? Like you could like start a fight with somebody. You know, you can go up and punch somebody because, like, I want to start with fight with somebody. Or you just are polite and you're nice. And if you're polite and nice, people are me usually polite and nice. I think that's the same goes for any form of spirit communication. Like, if you're using the Ouija board as a means to summon, quote, quote, you know, quote, unquote, a demon, then you're, I think you're going to be, that's like leaving your door wide open and allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all about intention and how you're using it. That being said, I'm not a fan. She's not a fan. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. I haven't, I haven't touched one in years, but I, I don't, I'm not, not against them. You know, it's just, I find that it, it, it all depends on the person and how you're using it. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my sense. So you mentioned that you do events where people can kind of come out and learn a bit more about what you do and different things like that. Do you find that there's any kind of general misconceptions people have about investigating paranormal things or... <laughs> things happen like yeah, yes instantaneous yeah. the sat those fast gratification yeah oh yeah people think that what they see on tv is how it goes but they have to realize that an hour of television is about four to five hours plus of filming and mm-hmm. then it's all pieced together so i think a lot of that's a lot of misconception is that we get a lot of evidence right off the bat I think another one, too, is that every ghost and every spirit out there is evil and, you know, they're going to get you. (laughs) They're going to take your soul. Which is what we describe as a Hollywood effect, right? Hollywood has to sell you the scary in order to get you invested into the movie. But it ain't like that. Oh, what do you mean? I can't just walk into somewhere, antagonize a ghost, and expect a fast reaction. (laughs) No, sorry. Dang it. No, it's true because I've been in some places. You're lucky because we have sat and asked questions for hours and got nothing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we leave and people are like, oh my God, it went crazy. The lights were on and off and this and that. And we're like, sorry. (laughs) They didn't want to perform for us. That's what we always say at public events. They are not performing circus monkeys. And we cannot guarantee that you will have an experience or the person beside you might have an experience and you have nothing. A lot of that Mm -hmm. is your openness, your ability to connect your willingness to comprehend and the dead people around us. Right. No, and I agree. And that, I think, again, like you said, Beth said, you know, like people's misconceptions. And that's the thing, like people do forget these were living people. 
Absolutely. And you got to show them respect. And sisters and brothers. Mm-hmm. And I also wonder if maybe they have some other stuff they need to do. They can't just be sitting there for hours. Like, I know maybe that's too humanistic of an idea, but I'm like, maybe they have some other stuff going on. They can't sit there Absolutely. for five hours waiting for someone to come Absolutely. along. Absolutely. Not, not going to lie. Like 11 o'clock at night, it's just like they want to go to bed. Yeah. Like the rest of us. They would be done with us at the manor, at the escape room. Like, yeah, come 11 o'clock, they were like, get out. <laughs> lights off we want to do our own thing but you know they're, they're, they they very much have their schedules and the things they keep I think a lot of them are visiting their loved ones that haven't crossed over the manor where the escape room was that's how we refer to it the lady of the house was often people would see her and say like she's sitting there with her arms crossed she's not happy with what's going on because people were making it dirty, right? And that was her home. So she was always there to oversee her home and make sure that it was treated with respect, Mm -hmm. right? She didn't like dirty shoes. If kids came in with dirty shoes, weird things would happen. I'm the same way. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just, you might hear me laughing a little bit. I'm just, I'm shocked. And this is a bit off topic, but by how many stories we've looked into and the people that have passed over are very into cleanliness on this side it just means we had this we read about one ghost who liked to fold laundry another one who had an issue with carpet so that's just why i was chuckling a little bit yeah yeah it's her home and she still you know wants it treated with the way it would have been treated back then right absolutely you can't knock her for that no not at all no i i I, I imagine i agree i agree with that 100 percent now I think it's I, you guys, we're in a construction zone. <laughs> it's okay. We're like, was that thunder? Yeah, there is that. We're supposed to get yeah, a thunderstorm. Yeah, thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. The clouds are pretty black out that window, but yeah, I don't know. We'll probably get it. So, for those of you guys who don't know, the Paranormal Seekers, they're based. You guys are based in Oshawa, correct? Correct. So I will going on out there. You guys have a lot going on there. It's true. Rachel and I were chatting last night, and I was saying that you know I just went to Camp Thirty. And this is for the first time I actually got to go inside to oh, wow. do, uh, yeah, just to look around, you know. And even though you're not supposed to technically, but it was during the day and we had the dogs with my friends. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of walked around. We just saw about, and I just said, because I know, Rachel, you went there in high school, correct? You yeah. went there for high school, yeah. And we were, I think we were talking, saying that I think, if anything, it's like a lot of residual energy, if anything, right? Because the POW camp was a really, it was like a hotel spa because it was like, pools and cafeterias and everything there too so yeah did you hear any stories while you were there i remember you said there were some stories when you were in high school just a lot of you know strange noises things would go missing moving and i think i want to say there was one about some lady but i'm I'm not quite sure about that one i don't remember it fully but yeah it was um yeah can can it not be like a really stoned out teenager just walking around and having much it's like just, well, you know, in Catholic school, because it was a Catholic school, uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're, we're laughing because in Scarborough, we also have a Catholic high school that's known to be quite active. Yeah. But once we looked into it, a lot of it just came down to teenagers having a little a recreational activities. Yeah. <laughs> it could have also retelling been stories. You know, okay. Camp 30, like the site is so old and it's got that, that history and it's got the mystery and all that. Mm-hmm. that uh, you it's know, such a cool place for some stories. Yeah, it's definitely it's a very wild. cool place. Like I just always always been fascinated by it. So I would love to do more investigation in there. Now, ladies, I don't know about yourself. I myself have a bucket list. It's a paranormal bucket list of places 
I would love to investigate. Like I got to go to Trans Allegheny, I was amazing. I did Iron Island. I did Rolling Hills. There's a few places I've been to in the States. One is in Louisiana, like New Orleans. I got to go to a few places there. Now, do you guys have an ultimate paranormal bucket list where you would love to go travel? Like one place or a few places or one location that you've been dying to get into? Uh, Gettysburg. Oh, yes. <laughs> where do you want to go? Auschwitz. I totally want to go to Auschwitz. I worked oh, on Holocaust wow. survivors. And it is, uh, I feel my soul needs to go there and visit it. Oh, oh God. I, 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 I have a few friends that went there and just, just even the thought of it, like my heart just gets really heavy and just. I was a student at Baycrest in college doing my placement there. And it was right when they recognized that people were saying the Holocaust didn't happen. <sighs> Any and all survivors that were there were asked to share their stories so that forever it was entombed in our history that this happened. So I got to sit there. And these were people that didn't know the day of the week. These were people that were so far gone with Alzheimer's and dementia that they didn't, often they thought I was their niece or nephew. They had no idea that I was, you know, a student there. But you asked them about 1944 or 1942 or when they were on the bus, and you saw a veil oh. go into their face, and it was like they were watching a movie, and they could replay every single thing that happened to them. And right there in that moment, I thought, how significant. Not only do you have a tattoo on your wrist, it's like it's tattooed on your brain, and no matter what, has happened to you in this life you have forgot everything including how to often get up and go to the bathroom but you never forgot that mm -hmm. you never forgot what happened to you there and I feel like somehow I need to go there to feel that emotion because I remember I mean I was 18 19 years old sitting there as a college student thinking oh my god like this woman just talked about because she could play music because she could play the piano her life was saved, but mm -hmm. her sister and brother died. Yeah. You know, it was just like so gut-wrenching to hear. So for me, it's more out of, I feel like in order to come full circle, I need to sense the emotion there because I saw the replay here right. and to be able to, to just feel that heaviness and really understand it. No, we have, I, we have a friend and family who's, uh, his mother was an alternate survivor as well too. And, they are the most strongest willed individuals. And I just, I, it just makes me so angry. People who just are Holocaust deniers. Cause like how in the world can you deny it? Like yep. it, it just, it just baffles my mind of just how ignorant people are. But, oh, well, Auschwitz is one place. I think that'd be profound in every sense, in every way. Like kudos for you. So going somewhere like that heavy. I always think of places like in Romania. I want to go to the castles, you know, I like to go to Trans Transylvania. And go yeah, Salem. Like I loved all oh. of the original witch hunt hangings were, you know, I think that would be a really interesting spot. New Orleans as well. Mm -hmm. Rolling Hills Asylum is on our list when we can figure out how to get rid of the children and do a little road trip. <laughs> That I'll go with you guys on that one. That place is great. Yeah. So that place is pretty awesome. And I said, the Rolling Hills and Iron Island in Buffalo is an amazing. We got some crazy evidence when we were there. And there was just like five of us. The owner and uh, a friend of hers who is a disc jockey for, you know, a DJ for a radio station in Buffalo. During a session, we were in the chapel and they have like a little, the chapel itself is like a, or the building is like an A-frame. So it's got the small attic. Make a long story short, we were talking, we were doing like an EVP session, all here is 
something running across the attic and we saw dust you know the drywall dust trickling down and it was like and we had the lights off and we only had the flashlights we shut off the heat and everything this is november 11th so this is like our remembrance day their memorial day and that's all we heard and we just kind of sat there like holy crap that was terrifying so yes i do i do highly recommend that place so if you can and i would love to go with you guys if you want to go back again it was so much fun now i know you guys said you've done investigations at private residence now have you gone to like one place that you've been to where you feel like this person needs more help psychological help than paranormal help have you had it dealt with a situation like that before we normally tend to now stay away completely from private residents we will refer them to psychic shaman something that we feel it would be a little bit more conducive to their time Mm -hmm. a lot of the times people are well it's just a phenomenon now that people just want their houses haunted because they want that ghost they want that haunting they want that story it's no (laughs) it's uh yeah no we have a very thorough screening process when it comes to residential investigations. Mm-hmm. Myself, another team member's done a few. Myself typically do them. They're anywhere from two to four hours. We ask the nitty gritty. Do you use drugs? Are you employed? Do you use alcohol? What is the history of the land? Can you give us the information about that? 98% of them are mental health mm-hmm. issues. One gentleman I spoke with told me that he was born with 29 demons and 32 spirits and 76 angels, and he was just off his rocker. And his dad came on the phone and was like, you need to let this lady go about two and a half hours into the interview. So he literally was mental health. There's absolutely no other way to describe it. Often, as Rachel said, they want it to be haunted. That's what they want. We have done a few residences. And those ones are the ones that are steeped in history. We know there's been a fire. We know there's been death. We know there's been a murder. Like we know that because we can find that information. And those are the properties that we will go to. Or when you genuinely speak to someone and you recognize there is, they are as normal as normal can be. This is not a fabrication. You know, with the way they answer, how they trip up, those type of things. As a mm-hmm. social worker, I'm really good at reading people. Mm-hmm. So even though it's on the phone, you can hear it in their voice. Typically, the older couples that contact us that have recently moved and are having this activity because they're renovating or things like that, usually we can fit together why this would be happening, and that's when we would look at going into the private residence. But it's a very long interpersonal interview process and very 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 few are acceptable and where we'll take the team a lot of it for me too is safety i need to ensure i'm not sending my team into the next paul bernardo or whatever the case may be right you just don't know as a social worker i support people in the community and i will often refuse male clients that have dementia that live independently because there's no guarantee that i will be safe in that home if they don't recognize me that day, right? Right. So it's those type of things. So it's Mm -hmm. number one, checking that, but also figuring out safety and whether it's something that we can send the team into properly. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of the times, once you tell these individuals that they have to go through a long questionnaire interview process, they don't want it. They don't want it. They just want you in their house to investigate. And if we go in and investigate and we don't find anything, 
they huff and puff and then they find another group and they keep going and going until they get that group that will give them what they what they want. That's unfortunate. It's very sad that people don't recognize that mental health is, you know, such a still a big, huge issue that, you know, how to recognize it. And it's kudos for you guys for not obviously exploiting individuals like that. I'm not saying you guys will, but there's some, I know groups I've heard where people can exploit individuals like that. And, uh, and it's great to have people from different walks of life in your group where you can actually come with compassion and empathy and, and understanding and recognition. Like, you know, okay, this is more than just what we can deal with paranormal. This is more of a mental health issue. We're not professionals. Let us connect to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good for you guys. We always try to provide options mm-hmm. and solutions if we can and referrals, right? Mm-hmm. Not just going to walk away. I did. We did give this young man some referrals and unfortunately it just became obsessive pestering and those referrals had to walk away. So, you know, we do our very best to help in any way we can and identify what we think may be of assistance, mm-hmm. but that's the best we can do. But definitely we have to treat everyone with respect and have an open mind no matter what, no matter what, you know, it's, it's, it's not my job to diagnose. It's my job to confirm or deny whether it's a situation that we need to go into. Right. Mm -hmm. I never say, well, you're a cuckoo bird and you're a drug addict, so we're not going to come. It's usually, well, I'm unable to help you and our team's unable to help you at this time. I think you need to look for blah, blah, blah. Here's a couple recommendations of psychic clairvoyant mediums in your area that may be of some assistance, right? Yeah. And that's sort of how we leave it. Utmost respect. That's what I think our group is most known for is compassion, empathy, and respect. Mm -hmm. That's good. Do you have any questions, Beth? No, I just, I really respect, I respect you and your group for that because you don't always see that. And it's just, it's, I think it's such a good example to people who are interested into the paranormal to have a group like you that they can yeah kind of refer to well and that was going to be my i guess my little question is that now you guys have a team i believe you guys just finish recruiting new people correct yeah we were looking for people who had psychic abilities whether they called themselves psychics mediums clairvoyance so we were just looking for someone who was able to give us that um other approach mm-hmm. because you know we have, do have psychics and mediums on our team, but sometimes they're busy with their own stuff that they can't come out. So we're, we were just looking for just that extra person that we could call upon just to help provide that extra piece of information. Because yeah. we're a multifaceted approach team, so we use psychics and mediums. We use research and we use equipment, so we get that rounded approach instead of just focusing on one thing or another. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, do you have any tips for anybody who's trying to start a paranormal group? Like if, you know, novice and young people or just anybody who's like finding this as a, as a hobby, they want to dabble more into it and create a team. What would your tips be? It's not easy. Don't expect to get investigations right away. Mm -hmm. You have to start off small places want proof that you are a, you know, you're not a thrill seeker. So that's another thing that I would tell everybody is to find like-minded individuals who are not in it for the thrill, but they're in it for the learning and the experience that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And never jump to the conclusion that it's paranormal right away. Mm -hmm. Always, always keep your mind open because it could be very, very, very explainable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice, Allison? 
patience. You need to have patience to do this. Like Rachel said, 99% of the population expect that things are going to happen right away. That's not the case. Depending on the investigation, it can take us six months from start to end to secure it because there's a lot of questions, a lot of scheduling, a lot of you know conflicts with those type of things, team members being available. So I think my biggest thing would be patience. You need to be patient and recognize this is not going to happen overnight. And you need to recognize that people have the right to say no and respect that. Yeah. Um, all too often I hear, oh, this, this team, you know, they pestered me and they kept calling me, but I didn't feel it was right. And I say, okay, well, you know, if you're interested, let us know. This would be a location that we would be interested in, right? You have to be respectful always mm -hmm. and never, ever, ever trespass. I yeah. think that is the number one. If you do not have explicit permission to be there, don't get caught being there. Yeah. Because it completely voids you of all credibility yeah. and respect. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of people think, you know, about doing that. So it's like... And it's, and I laugh because, you know, people do things and they record themselves doing it, even though like, you're not supposed to be doing there. You're not supposed to be there. And they want to get that fast fame, whatever. And they post it online. It's like, Oh, yeah. And another thing that? that I, to, for people who want to start new groups or do is to always do your own work, always mm -hmm. do your own research, always, you know, jump to connect to places. I would say don't ride on the coattails of other paranormal groups mm -hmm. because it doesn't look good yeah. when it comes to your own investigations so always do your own your own homework other groups i'm not quite sure how other groups go about it but you know if you have questions and you are your new paranormal group starting out you have questions we'd love to help you answer them it's just we just can't get you those investigations yeah you gotta do it on your own yeah no no that makes that makes absolute sense do you guys have personal tools that you guys bring to you like protection or anything like that do you guys use <laughs> well, I do, but I'm not doing it right. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. I had I had somebody put native shaman uh, protection symbols on me years and years and years ago. I've never had a problem. <laughs> I don't do anything. I have a shower before I go and after I come back, but that's about it. Yeah, I uh, I use stones and crystals sort of to protect me and allow me to be more open. I always, when I come home from an investigation, stand at my front door. I'm sure my neighbors, if they were witnessing me, would think I'm nuts. I'm like, you're not allowed to come in. You're not allowed to be here. You know, you're not allowed in my home. If you are not in the white light and I do not know you, you're not allowed in my house. Yeah. And I literally block it there and I sage. I sage the crap out of myself and I sage the crap out of my house quite often. Yeah. And 99% of the people walk in, they're like, your house feels really light. And I'm like, that's because I sage. I sage it all the way. But I, I think it's mostly, it's not just like the living. I mean, the dead. It's also the living that brings in a lot of oh, bad mojo. I think more so than, than the dead. Like, I like you walk in somewhere, it's like, it's not the people are dead. I'm worried about It's about the living. I'm more, <laughs> yeah. I'm always worried about the I'm living. We're most scared like, of the living. living. Like most days. You mentioned Camp 30, and I know we were going on a drive by, and there was this warehouse on one side at the time, and then Camp 30 was on the other side. And that warehouse gave me more willies and creepouts than Camp 30 ever, ever did. So I'm with you guys. I, the living people freak me out more than the... Yeah, especially in Oshawa. No offense. <laughs> uh, we grew up in Scarborough, so we hear you. 
I spent a lot of time in Oshawa growing up too, so I, I get. <laughs> I feel like I kindred with you, so it's fine. I grew up in Unionville, so like, um, when I'm in, like South Oshawa, I'm like, ooh, I lock the doors. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, this might be slightly off topic, but with the Oshawa now has been getting a lot of film shoots out it. that way, and including it. Have you guys noticed like a lot more people being interested in your group and paranormal groups now that there's been this rush of like, oh, Derry's Oshawa? Okay, do you notice with that, or is that kind of Oshawa is Derry? We do have spurts here and there, but it's pretty much always the same. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, we only recruit every so often, and we never recruit around Halloween because that's when we get mm-hmm. the most. It's, it's we get maybe one or two every other week or so. Wow, Questioning, awesome. you know, if we're looking for new members or you know if they could tag along with us. Um, yeah, that's common. Can yeah. we tag along with you? Some that, people just want that experience, that one night experience. They're they're thrill seeking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be me. I'm always asking that. <laughs> hey, do you guys need yeah, somebody? You might start as one of the next time when we're short on investigators. We'll bring her. <laughs> okay, theory. Do you guys believe that cemeteries are haunted or not? What do you guys think? Okay. That was fun. Because <laughs> I know you guys, like, I've been a few times to the Union Cemetery. I just think, personally, I just think it's beautiful. It's just such a beautiful location. And those, those uh, what you call it, crypts are just stunning. Like, the very Art Deco. Have you guys had any cool experiences at Union Cemetery? I haven't been to Salem and Ajax. Rachel and I are going to go. I haven't been to Union either per se. The one cemetery that I spent a lot at well, two, but the one the most was Mount Pleasant in Toronto. I had oh yeah, there, and then the Prospect Cemetery over on Bathurst as mm-hmm. well, which is related. I used to run when I lived in the city. I lived in East York, so I would go and run through Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I heard children singing, and I'm sure I you know saw things that. Maybe we're real, maybe weren't real. But that I feel very peaceful when I'm in cemeteries. I've never felt scared. We've done the Bowmanville Cemetery. I've done a little like independent one in the Hampton Cemetery here at our way. And I find it's very peaceful. I mean at Scugog Shores we did a great ghost box session in uh, the cemetery and I commented, oh, this woman, like, she lived a very long time. That's unheard of for them. And you're gonna go, Thank you. You know, you're right. I lived a very long time. I was a healthy person, right? So I never felt scared or uneasy when we are there. Mm-hmm. And there is the cemetery there. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I find they're more peaceful than anything. Yeah, that's. I I feel the same way. Like my husband laughs at me because I I'm obsessed with cemeteries. Like anywhere we can go, I love going to cemeteries. So I'm a huge that's fan true. of these. They're just to me. It's like peaceful. It's like. This is a one place where humans are actually quiet and we're just going to, I just find it such, if I'm feeling down, if I feel like I just need to be grounded again, cemeteries seem to be my place where I get grounded and I feel better just about life in general. It just kind of puts things in perspective. That's personally, that's just for me personally. So, okay. I, just, I always have to ask this one because this has been a topic of hot debate between Grace and I for quite a while. Oh boy. Children ghosts. Oh, <laughs> Do you think spirits that pass on are actually remain that kind of youthful spirit? Or do you think it transcends age once you cross over? What is your feelings on children ghosts? Or demonic? Uh, they do exist. They really do exist. Absolutely. We um, have one. Yeah. So you don't think it's something else pretending to be a child? You're, it's, it's just I a think child. I that there's a possibility that that could happen. I certainly wouldn't say no, that <clears throat> never happens. Mm-hmm. As 
far as my experiences with the team and outside of the team as well, the children that we've had come through are children and we can find them, date them, know their death and relate them as to why they're at that property. Hmm. I've heard other paranormal investigators say like, oh, well, a child, a child spirit, child ghost, they never cross over. They're stuck on this plane for blah, blah, blah. Nah, that's crock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's one of the hard things is often we just bite our tongues. You know, if that team's going to believe that, okay, fine. They've never met our Beth, right? You never, you never had the experiences that we've had where, we are so research-based mm -hmm. that we're able to confirm it. Like the escape room that we worked at for the longest time, this little girl came through our equipment and told her her name, told us her name was Beth. We went back, we sat in the museum for hours and hours and hours and hours, finding every family that owned the home and what the history was of the home and when it was built. No Beth could be found. Mm -hmm. We brought in a psychic and a couple guys that were looking at doing a TV show with us. And this little girl was really drawn to him. I get it. He was a beautiful man. <laughs> and she was like, well, I'm going to tell you my real name, but I don't like my name. And we were like, it's okay. Why don't you like your name? She says it has a bad word in it. So we were like, okay, well, tell us her name. Her name was Helen. And this one was like, <laughs> she died at nine years old of this and this and this and this. And she was the only child we could find that had died young related to the family. So it was like nine months of us being like, who the She didn't like Helen because of the word Helen. She, she still goes by Beth because mm. she does not like her name. But we were able to connect that because of yeah. the research. And that's such a child thing, too. I actually had a student get very upset and with me because I refused to call her Rainbow. And I didn't know she didn't like her name and she wanted to be named Rainbow. So for a full day, she insisted that I called her Rainbow. So that seems like a very, I'm like, that's a good sign that that is actually a child. A rainbow. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm like, that's so sad that you don't like your own name because it has a bad word in it. Helen. Like, right? That's really sweet. Oh, she must have been. So she, Oh, poor thing. That's so well, she picked a good name to choose. I'm not going to lie. It's a great name to go with. <laughs> great. So we call her back. <laughs> we'll give her what she wants. Right? Why not? Why so not? I'm going to call every little girl ghost now, Beth. <laughs> Just, for, <laughs> Just for me. Just for me. Now, before we let you guys go, I know you guys have children in the back. Do any of your children ever talk about or have they experienced anything themselves? <laughs> so... My my son is six and he's got autism and uh, oh <laughs> they will probably you can probably hear in the background one right now we were at my grandma's old house right before she sold it and same house that I grew up that was told that you know over and over that it was haunted and never really said anything to to my son and we were getting to leave one day and he was just staring down into the basement it was just a, it just was an open set of stairs to the basement and it was dark down there and, and he was just staring down there. I'm like, oh, buddy, what do you see? He goes, uh, stairs. And he's still staring. I'm like, what else do you see? He goes, a haunted house. And with that, he turned and he walked away. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Okay. My kid. That's awesome. Also, I remember, so when we had picked up our soldier guys, but we didn't know at that time who they were, Mike and Nick kept coming through our equipment. And one day, Ethan was lying on his bed laughing hysterically. And Rachel's like, what's going on, buddy? And he's like, monster Nikki." So he was being tickled by Nick, who we were like, who's this guy before we connected the dots, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that Ethan's had yeah. a gift for a very long time. His dad is a sensitive, 
my girls have had experiences as well. My eldest has recently started seeing an older woman. And I've had two psychics now in my home confirm that we do have an older native woman here. I knew we did. I felt it when I stood on the land. So I believe that's who my daughter's seeing. And she also has like ghost dog, as we call them. She's 99% sure that Tippy has come in to see her. That's our dog. And she goes to pet him and there's no dog there. And he's two floors down with me, right? Mm. Or inside in the back. So she's had those experiences when we went out for dinner at Jester's Court, which is a haunted restaurant oh, in Port Perry, all of a sudden, like my kids had this huge gust of cold air, like sweep around them. They were shivering and whoo, and then it was gone. And I we all kind of felt it. Yeah. Whoa. And it was like, they were checking them out, right? Oh, who are these kids? And then they were gone. The door hadn't opened. The door hadn't closed. We were all just sitting there having dinner. So, you know, they've had them. My little one never wanted to go up to the third floor at breakout zone. She was scared of it, and that was the most active floor in the house. So I never forced her to go. But I know my eldest has the gift. I know I have the gift as well. I just don't understand it or know how to use it. So I'm working on developing it. But, oh, yeah, they've had experiences. So Do you think it's like a hereditary thing that gets passed down, or do you think it's something that most people can be open to if they just kind of give it a chance? I believe it is something that can be passed down. I recently have found out through a psychic that my dad was actually into paranormal investigation. And when he was in college at U of T, he was doing his own investigations way back then. I mean, you're talking late 60s, right? He was born in 44, so early 60s, actually. And um, I never knew that, but my dad was a huge reader. And all of his books were on aliens, UFOs, paranormal, all of this, you know, sci-fi type of books so now it kind of makes sense we did have a psychic that we interviewed recently and she said we are all born with the ability to do it Mm -hmm. we all have different levels of what we can and can't sense some are you know just can see them some can just hear them some can smell them some can do all of it and some turn themselves off and she looked right at Rachel and said (laughs) you have the gift and you have the gift to Jay and I and and we knew that as well so I've been in the presence of probably 20 psychics in my life and they're all like you have the gift you know and I'm like really they're like that's why you're here (laughs) you have the gift so you just don't know it yet so I do believe you know that it is hereditary but I also think that we all do have the ability and I think as it's becoming more popular and more mainstream Mm -hmm. parents are learning more like if someone talks to us about their child having an imaginary friend what do I do oh my god my kid and I'm like just ask them questions ask them what they look like ask them what their name is ask them if they need help they're like why would I do this I'm like because 95% of the time they're going to describe a crossed over family member of yours yeah and we've had that happen more often than not where You know, if you just take the time to acknowledge it and ask them questions and seek information, you can pretty much link it and confirm, like, okay, your imaginary friend, we coin it that because we can't see it, but they can't. And that's because they still have that ability and they can't define it. Sorry, is there a TV on in the background? No, Ethan, turn it down. Okay. Okay. That's his tablet. No, that's fine. Like, we just heard the whispery voice of Beth. I'm like, are we picking up something else? <laughs> I'm like, we gotta have a TV on in the background. Because last time we talked to you guys, and that ghost bell was going off. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm so mad that we never recorded that. We never got it. Well, ladies, you have yeah, been, been absolutely amazing. We would love to. Like, anytime you guys have, actually, before you guys go, would you like to tell people where they can find you? You can find us online at www. 
paranormalseekers.ca, or you can just look us up on Facebook. Just, you know, even if you just type it in on Google, we pop up right away. Okay, and you guys have, like, usually events, right, you guys host? We do. <laughs> we don't have any posted for the summer at, as of right now, but mm-hmm. our September and our October are starting to fill up. We post those online, Facebook and the website, when they uh, when they arise. Awesome. So everyone can find out. That's good to know. Great. Well, thank you so much, yes, Lise, for joining you. us. This has been awesome. We will check again. <laughs> and I'll try to keep a... So stock, I mean, you'll check again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just hoping. That I think we recorded this. So I think we good. So bad. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, I know. Oh, fingers well. Crossed. I know. Fingers crossed and toes crossed. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot I was going to call you Evelyn. <laughs> Allison, Allison. Uh, Rachel and Allison, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, thank you for giving your insight and taking the time to speak with us. It was really awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies. Have a good one. Have a good one. Take care. Have a good summer. Bye. So that was an awesome interview. That was, they are incredible. And I have so much respect for how respectful they are. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that's missing when we see it on TV or people get too excited. They're like, yeah, let's trespass. Let's enter it. And it's just so refreshing to have someone who's just like, exactly. be respectful. Exactly. And because it. this interview went a bit longer, we are not going to do random facts, but I promise our next episode, I'll maybe have a little bit more random facts for us. A dubit effect. Uh, yes. A dubit effect. So yeah. So those ladies were just super awesome. So thank you for joining us for episode 21. And so if you, if you can, please do like and review us on iTunes, Stitcher and Google play any rating does help us because mm-hmm. I said the more likes we get the higher we go up on iTunes list so if people are par- you know interested in the paranormal history in Canada it's easier for people to find us so the more you like the more you share the easier it is to find us 